Chapter 18 Falling! Ah! Rachel! Woomph! Rachel, what's the matter? Cassie's thought speak voice. I landed on my back. I landed on something almost soft. Something that reeked in my mole nose. I was still in total, absolute darkness. I couldn't see anything. But I knew I was in a vast, open space. The York Pool? No, of course not. There would be light there. But definitely an open space. Large. Quite large. And then, I realized I was not alone. I didn't know what they were, but I felt their presence above me. Many, many of them. Rachel! It was Jake's voice now. Answer if you can! I'm okay, I said. I, I guess I fell into some kind of cave. Do you see a guy in a cape and a really cool car? Marco asked. What? I was too preoccupied to care about his dumb jokes. The Bat Cave, he said. I think you fell into the Bat Cave. It wasn't until that moment that I realized whose presence I felt above me. Actually, Marco, I think maybe it is a bat cave. Come on down, you can jump. It's a nice soft landing on a bat poop mattress. One by one they came, dropping down beside me. And soon, we were six blind moles wallowing in mostly dried bat guano. Now that I was out of the tunnel, out of the confined space, I wanted to laugh. Well, this is pretty glorious, huh? We have tunneled our way into a major bat poop deposit. A whole week, and we have reached a bat cave. You know what I think? I think this whole thing has been cursed. And I think it's all my fault. I should have let that Edelman guy just splat on the concrete. We can't back out now, Marco said. I have 36 boxes of maple and ginger instant oatmeal at home. And easy open single-serving pouches. We should demorph, Cassie said. Why? Tobias asked. So he can really enjoy the lovely ambiance? I was thinking, since we're in a bat cave, maybe we should go into our own bat morphs, Cassie said. Oh, I don't have a bat morph, Tobias said. Easy fix in here, Cassie said with a laugh. I'll bet there are a few hundred thousand bats hanging from the roof of this cave just hanging around and waiting for someone to come along and acquire their DNA. You're awfully cheerful, Jake grumbled. We're in a cave way underground with no way out except a mole tunnel we can't reach anymore. No, 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 Cassie said. Wrong! Don't you realize? The bats fly out of here at dusk. Out! As in, out? As in exit! Hey, she's right! I yelled. We won't be buried alive in here. Not that I was worried or anything. No, we'll just be buried in bat poop, Marco muttered. Let's morph to bat like Cassie said. Yes, bat was a good idea. If we're going to be in a bat cave, best to be a bat. But first we had to pass through our own natural bodies. And oh, was that not fun. You think it's grim being a mole in a bat cave? Try being a human. For one thing, the cave was less high than we thought. For another thing, we all passed through the same hopeless stage 
where we had big, swollen human bodies with tiny little feet and arms. Oh, man, Marco moaned. Buried in bat guano, Cassie said, supplying the word. Yeah, guano. That's what I was going to say. Guano. This is so gross, I yelled. My arms and legs reappeared, and I had to stick my palms down into the stuff to raise up. The only good thing was that the awfulness of the grossness completely distracted me from the claustrophobia. What are you whining about, Rachel? Tobias snapped grumpily. Try having feathers in this stuff! I raised myself up. I stood up. I raised my head. And that's when I made the discovery about the cave not being as high as we thought. You see... My head was entirely surrounded by soft, warm, fuzzy bats. There was really only one thing to do. Marco, I said, be sure to stretch out. Up on your tiptoes now. He yelped. Oh, really funny, Rachel. That was so mature. What, I should suffer and you shouldn't, just because you're short? And then, weird as it seems, we all burst out giggling. Thirty feet underground in a bat cave so dark you might as well be blind. Lost, scared, and smeared with bat guano, we got the giggles. Chapter 19 Here, have a bat, I said. I held one for Tobias. I wasn't afraid of bats. I'd been one. Thanks. Watch out, he'll eat it, Marco said. You know? Jake said in a conversational tone as we waited for Tobias to acquire the bat. From the point where Edelman said maple and ginger oatmeal, I should have known this was going to end stupidly. Instant maple and ginger oatmeal, Cassie said. Battles that involve oatmeal are never just going to end up being historic, you know, Jake went on. Gettysburg? No major oatmeal involvement. The Battle of Midway? Neither side used oatmeal. Desert Storm? No oatmeal. Excuse me, but what is oatmeal? Axe asked. It's a kind of food, Cassie explained. Is it tasty? You can think about food here? Here? Marco said. In bat poop land? Battle of Bunker Hill? No oatmeal used by the British. No oatmeal used by the Americans, Jake went on. D-Day? No mention of oatmeal. Okay, I'm ready, Tobias said. Let's do it, and then let's get out of this place, I said. I focused my mind on the bat. The bat DNA had come from a common brown bat. Not a very big animal, more like a mouse with wings. It was a strange sensation. I was shrinking. Probably. But I couldn't see anything, so I couldn't see myself getting smaller. Couldn't see any of the changes. In the absolute darkness, I was left with just my sense of hearing. I heard things I seldom noticed. I heard my thick human bones grinding and suddenly squishing as they went liquid. I heard a sound like my stomach rumbling from hunger, only it was the sound of my stomach and all my internal organs shifting and moving. Some organs shrank. Some basically disappeared. All of it was happening inside me at a point where I didn't even know if I was five feet tall or five inches. I reached with my hands to touch my face and see how much I'd morphed. But my hands were restricted. 
they were weirdly jointed. And when I moved them, I heard a faint sound like leather being folded. I flapped my arms. Yes, I had wings. The paper-thin leather of bat wings. And then, I felt the most vital of the bat powers. I felt the echolocation. I fired an ultrasonic blast. Sound waves pitched higher than any human ear would ever hear. But I heard them. They came bouncing back to me, and I heard every disjointed, twisted, shattered echo. Oh, I said in amazement. I'd been a bat only once before, and only for a short time. I'd forgotten the stunning array of information that comes from echolocating. It was as if I had been blind and allowed to see. Not see the way humans see, but to see shapes, edges, openness and narrowness. I fired another burst, and I saw the edges of a thousand bats clustered above us. I saw their tiny, dog-like faces and their big, feathery ears as they hung down with wings folded demurely. It was as if all the world were drawn with pen and ink, edges and outlines, no hint of color, and each picture was only a flash, only there as long as the echoes lasted. Now the others all began echolocating, and I redoubled my own efforts. Yes, I could see the cave. A comic book drawing of a cave. Thin lines and thick ones. I flapped my wings and lifted off heavily, rising from the floor of the cave. I took a quick turn around, absolutely confident of where I was flying. It's not quite like seeing, but it beats being blind, Cassie said, sighing with relief. I realized the others had been as stressed as I was by the utter darkness. To the Batmobile, Robin! Marco said. How about if we just get out of this place? Tobias suggested. I'm with that, Jake said. We flew, through the cave, which wound and twisted, always beneath hanging bat stalactites and above a carpet of bat guano stalagmites. I could feel the way out. I could feel the slight changes of air pressure, the changes of temperature that showed the way out. But then... You guys feel that? I asked. It's coming from our left, Axe said. My echolocation is showing an opening, but not an opening to the outside. Oh man, I moaned. I could feel the nearness of the cave opening, but I could also feel this other exit. I had a pretty good sense of where that second exit might lead. We could just go home. Jake said. He was offering us all a way out. Go home. Forget about it for now. He didn't want to order us to go on if we weren't up for it. Everyone in the group has a role to play. At least, that's how it always works out. My role was to say, let's do it. Let's go. That's what we came here for. But I was tired. And I'd had a really, really bad few days digging down to this stupid cave. So I said, let's do it. That's what we came here for. Sometimes, it's hard to get out of a role once you've started playing the part. Chapter 20 It was a vertical crack in solid rock. In places, it was no more than eight inches wide. At its best, it was a foot wide. With wingtips scraping the rock wall, we flew. Through a world seen only in echolocating sketches, we flew. Cool, this is so Star Wars, I said, J 
genuinely enjoying it? Remember when they attacked the Death Star and... Suddenly, the crack plunged downward. Down, ten feet, and then... Whoa! We blew into a world of light. I could see again. People think bats are blind, but they're not. I could see a vast open area lit with stadium lights down below us. We fluttered in a circle at the top of a dome. The crack we'd entered through was high up, almost at the very peak of the dome. And down below us was the Yerk Pool. Well, Jake said, we found our way into the Yerk Pool. Yeah, great, Cassie said darkly. Now what? Now we figure out how to get that oatmeal in here and feed it to a bunch of human controllers, Tobias said. You know, maybe we don't have to give it to human controllers, Cassie said. I don't know why it didn't occur to me before, but it's the Yurks who can't resist the stuff, right? So why don't we dump it right into the Yurk pool itself? Would it work? Tobias wondered. I thought all Yurks ate was conjoiner rays. Do they even have mouths? Yes, Axe said. Yurks have mouths, or what humans would think of as mouths. Actually, if I remember my exobiology classes, and sadly, I sometimes... Fell asleep, I said. Yeah, we know. You didn't like exobiology class. I didn't fall asleep, Axe said, sounding injured. I merely let my mind wander and became very calm and restful and not completely alert. Did you snore when you got all calm and restful and not completely alert? The point is, on occasion, I would pay some attention in class. And I believe that yurks have something called osmosis nodes. It's what they use to absorb conjona rays. But they absorb other nutrients as well. They absorb it from the liquid of the yurk pool. So if we dump enough instant and ginger oatmeal in the Zurich pool, they should absorb it, right? Jake said. Yes, Prince Jake. At least, I think so. Maybe. Oh, good. I just love risking my life for a maybe, Marco said. Hey, Tobias said. I think we have company. Over there. I looked around. I saw two shiny steel balls. Each was about the size of a beach ball. My echolocation confirmed their size, and they were moving toward us through the air. Hunter robots! Axe yelled. We should leave! Why? I asked. But at that moment, I had my answer. Three narrow dracon beams fired from the balls. I felt a sharp pain in my right wing. I smelled something burning. And when I looked, I saw a neat round hole the size of a quarter burn through the leather of my wing. Okay, let's leave, I said. I turned and headed for the crack, with all the others alongside me. Ah! Tobias! He was hit! He was falling, tumbling downward, down to the yurk pool below us. I had a weird flash of Mr. Edelman falling. And then down I went, after Tobias. Bats aren't all that fast in flight. Fortunately, Tobias had a lot of experience flying. He managed to use his one good wing to slow his fall. I caught him, and grabbed with my tiny but strong little bat feet. 
Axe and Jake were there in a flash, and we flopped madly, hauling him upward. But the hunter robots were closing in on us. Ah! I've been hit! Axe yelled. His flying weakened. It was no longer even possible to get Tobias back up to the crack. We're bats! Tobias gasped. I can hang! I realized what he was telling me. If we could get him to the rocks, any rocks, he could latch on and hang. Not exactly a solution, but the only thing we could do. Down swooped Jake, just in time. He slammed us deliberately, pushing us toward the sloping rock ceiling. Tobias scrabbled madly and managed to grab some rock with his feet. The hunter robots came on, almost leisurely. Maybe they had enough intelligence to realize they had us cold. Axe, do those things have any weak points? Marco yelled. Cassie and Marco had flown off through all this. I couldn't blame them, but I had wondered. Visual aiming systems, Axe groaned. A lens, like a human camera lens. I see it, Cassie yelled. Bonk, bonk. My echolocation saw the tiny rocks go flying. They were like bombs dropped from dive bombers. Cassie and Marco had each grabbed small rocks, dived toward the robots, and released them. One must have hit. One of the robots began to veer away like it was lost. But the other was just 20 feet away when it fired. I swept my good wing over Tobias, trying to shield him. The dragon beam burned my wing off. Clear off. I had a stump of a bat arm. And I fell like a stone. Down, down, down through the damp air. Down to the yerk pool. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs audio experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I got a very cool email today from uh, Aaron. Wrote uh, Aaron wrote in, Hi, Dan. I just wanted to let you know how much I've enjoyed Audiomorphs. I'm from a non-English-speaking country, and they only published the first few books in my native language. So I started reading the series back when I was a child but reading 54-plus books in English was way too much for young me. Honestly, it still kind of is. I could do it, but it really wouldn't be fun, and it would be crazy expensive to ship all the books to my country. But it is so much easier for me to listen. Way, way easier than actually reading the books. I really enjoy listening to you reading. With your podcast, I could experience the first few books all over again, and hopefully, for the first time, the entire series. Thanks again for all your help. Keep up the good work. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, Aaron. That's uh, super, super cool uh, that I'm uh, international, that uh, I, I've reached the non-English-speaking market. That's so awesome that um, not only are, are people that don't speak English as their native language listening to this, that's crazy, but also that uh, I'm, I'm helping you experience the rest of audio or the rest of Animorphs. That's uh, that's really cool, because I, I do think this is a really fun and well-written series, so I'm glad that, uh, I, I can provide that service for you. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, I don't have too much else to say, other than, uh, sorry, this one's a little short. Uh, it was short chapters, um, and I'm also starting up a second D&D game with my friends, so, uh, I'm kind of rearranging my schedule a little bit to figure that out, but don't worry. Episodes will still come. Sorry, this one was just a little shorter than normal. 
Uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of this one, but, uh, we'll keep on trucking. Uh, rest of the show notes, you know, your standard, uh, if you use Apple Podcasts, want to leave me a rating review, I sure would appreciate that. Um, but you don't have to if you don't want to, of course. Uh, if you want to tell a friend about it, I'd appreciate that as well. Uh, you know, share the love. If you'd like to reach me, uh, like Aaron did, um, send me a message of any sort. doesn't have to be a nice one, I guess. You could send me hate mail if you really wanted to. Uh, I'm not picky. Uh, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com and also by visiting my website, theapodclips.com. That's the apodclips, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle, uh, which of course will be linked in my show notes below. Uh, please visit that. That has all my other uh, content I create, uh, including, I guess I'll give it a shout out this week. Uh, I'm doing a rewatch podcast with my friend Jesse. Uh, currently we're rewatching Riverdale, uh, and it's been a ton of fun because Riverdale's a mess of a show. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>